0: chapter three of love insurance by earl der biggers this librivox recording is in the public domain reading by matt perrard chapter three journeys end in taxi bills no matter how swiftly your train has sped through the carolinas and georgia when it crosses a line into florida a wasting languor overtakes it then it hesitates sighs and creeps across the flat yellow landscape like an aged alligator now and again it stops completely in the midst of nothing as who should say you came down to see the south didn't you well look about you the palm beach special on which mr minot rode was no exception to this rule it entered florida and a state of innocuous desuetude at one and the same time after a tremendous struggle it gasped its way into jacksonville about nine o'clock of the monday morning following reluctant as romeo in his famous exit from juliet's boudoir it got out of jacksonville an hour later and san marco was just two hours away according to that excellent book of late fiction so widely read in the south the timetable. it seemed to dick minnow that he had been looking out of a car window for a couple of eternities save for the diversion at jacksonville nothing had happened to brighten that long and wearisome journey he wanted now to glance across the car aisle toward the diversion at jacksonville yet it hardly seemed polite so soon wherefore he continued to gaze out at the monotonous landscape for half a mile the train served its masters then with a pathetic groan it paused still mr minot gazed out the window he gazed so long that he saw a family of razorbacks past a quarter of a mile back catch up with the train and trot scornfully by after that he kept his eyes on the live oaks and evergreens to whose topmost branches hung gray moss like whiskers on a western senator then he could stand it standed no longer he turned and looked upon the diversion at jacksonville Gentlemen of the jury she was beautiful the custodian of a library of books and sociology could have seen that with half an astigmatic eye her copper-colored hair flashed alluringly in that sunny car the curve of her cheek would have created a sensation in the neighborhood where burning sappho loved and sang dick minot's heart beat faster repeating the performance it had staged when she boarded the train at jacksonville beautiful yes but she fidgeted she had fidgeted madly in the station at jacksonville during that hour's wait now even more madly she bounced about on that plush seat she opened and shut magazines she straightened her pleasant little hat she gazed in agony out the window beauty such as hers should have been framed in a serene and haughty dignity hers happened to be framed in a frenzy of fidget in its infinite wisdom the train saw fit to start again with a sigh of relief the girl sank back upon her seat of torture mr minnow turned again to the uneventful landscape more yellow sand more bearded oaks and evergreens and in a moment the family of Razorbacks plodding along beside the track with a determined demeanour that said as plainly as words you may go ahead but we shall see what we shall see excellent train it seemed fairly to fly for a little while then another stop beauty wildly anxious on the seat of ancient plush another start a stop and a worried but musical voice in dick minot's ear i beg your pardon but what should you say are this train's chances for reaching san marco by one o'clock minot turned brown eyes and troubled ones looked into his a dimple twitched beside an adorable mouth fortunate florida peopled with girls like this i should say smiled mr minot about the same as those of the famous little snowball that strayed far from home oh you're right why would she fidget so and i'm in a frightfully uncomfortable position i simply must reach san marco for luncheon at one i must She clenched her small hands. It's the most important luncheon of my life. What shall I do? Mr. Minot glanced at his watch. It is now twenty minutes of twelve, he said. My advice to you is to order lunch on the train. It was so foolish of me, cried the girl. I ran up to Jacksonville in a friend's motor to do a little shopping. I should have known better. I'm always doing things like this. And she looked at Dick Minot accusingly as though it were he who always put her up to them i'm awfully sorry really minot said he felt quite uncomfortable about it and can't you suggest anything pleadingly almost tearfully not at this moment i'll try though look he pointed out the window that family of razorbacks has caught up with us four times already what abominable service the girl cried but aren't they cunning the little ones i mean and she stood looking out with a wonderful tenderness in her eyes which considering the small creatures upon which it was lavished was almost ludicrous off again cried minot and they were the girl sat nervously on the edge of her seat with the expression of one who meant to keep the train going by mental suggestion five cheerful minutes passed in rapid transit and then another abrupt stop almost like a football game said minot blithely to the distressed lady across the aisle they're down five yards to go oh by Jove! there's a town on my side not a trace of a town on mine she replied it's the dreariest saddest town i ever saw minot remarked so of course its name is sunbeam and look what do you see there beside the station an automobile the girl cried well an automobile's ancestor at any rate laughed minot vintage of nineteen o five say i have a suggestion now if the chauffeur thinks he can get you-i mean us-to san marco by one o'clock shall we but the girl was already on her way come on her eyes were bright with excitement we-oh dear the old train started again no matter i'll stop it minot reached for the bell cord but do you dare can't you be arrested too late i've done it let me help you with those magazines quick this way on the platform they met an irate conductor red and puffy say who stopped this train he bellowed i don't know who usually stops it minot replied and he and the girl slid by the uniform to the safety of sunbeam the lean lank weary native who lolled beside the passe automobile was startled speechless for a moment by the sight of two such attractive visitors in his unattractive town then he remembered want a taxi mister he inquired take you up to the sunbeam house for a quarter apiece yes we do want a taxi minot began to san marco cried the girl breathlessly can you get us there by one o'clock? To, two. say? Late, stammered the rustic chauffeur. That train you just got up is going to San Marco? Oh, no, it isn't, Minot explained. We know better It's going out into the country to lie down under a shade tree and rest. The train is too slow, said the girl. I must be in San Marco before one o'clock. Can you get me? us there by then speak quickly please the effect of this request on the chauffeur was to induce even greater confusion To to san marco he stumbled well say that's a new one on me never had this car out of sunbeam yet please please the girl pleaded lady said the chauffeur i'd do anything i could within reason can you get us to san marco by one o'clock she demanded i ain't no profit lady a humorous gleam came into his eye but ever since i got this car i've been feeling sort of reckless if you say so i'll bid all my family and friends good-bye and we'll take a chance on san marco together that's the spirit laughed minot but forget the family and friends he placed his baggage in the front of the car and helped the girl into the tonneau with a show of speed the countryman went around to the front of the car and began to crank he continued to crank with an agonized face in the course of a few minutes sounds of a terrific disturbance came from inside the car still like a hurdy-gurdy musician the man cranked i say minot inquired has your machine got the sextet from lucia well there's been a lot of things wrong with it the man replied but i don't think it's had that yet the girl laughed and such a laugh dick minot was sure had never been heard in sunbeam before at that moment the driver leapt to his seat breathing hard and had a doubt with the wheel excellent laughingly from sunbeam said minot in the girl's ear the car roathed asthmatically from the little settlement and out into the sand and heat of a narrow road eight miles to san marco said the driver out of the corner of his mouth see it tight i'm going to let her out soon again dick minot glanced at the girl beside him fate was in a jovial mood to-day to grant him this odd ride in the company of one so charming he could not have told what she wore but he knew she was all in white and he realized the wisdom of white on a girl who had in her hair and eyes colors to delight the most exact about her clung a perfume never captured in a bottle her chin was the chin of a girl with a sense of humour her eyes sparkled with the thrill of their adventure together and the dimple in repose now became the champion dimple of the world minot tried to think of some sprightly remark but his usually agile tongue remained silent what was the matter with him why should this girl seem different somehow from all the other girls he had ever met When he looked into her eyes, a flood of memories, a little sad, of all the happy times he had ever known, overwhelmed him. Memories of a starlit sea, the red and white awnings of a yacht, the wind whispering through the trees on a hillside, an orchestra playing in the distance, memories of old and happy, far-off things, of times when he was even younger, even more in love with life. Why should this be? he wondered. And the girl, looking at him, wondered, too. Was he suddenly bereft of his tongue? "'I haven't asked you the conventional question,' she said at last. "'How do you like Florida?' "'It's wonderful, isn't it?' Minot replied, coming to with a start. "'I can speak of it even more enthusiastically than any of the railroad folders do. And yet it's only recent, my discovery of its charms.' "'Really?' yes when i was surveying it on that stopwatch of a train my impression of it was quite unfavorable it seemed so monotonous i told myself nothing exciting could ever happen here and something has happened yes something certainly has happened she blushed a little at his tone young men usually propose to her the first time they saw her why shouldn't she blush a little something very fine minot went on and i am surely very grateful to fate would you mind looking at your watch please certainly a quarter after twelve as i was saying do you think we can make it i am sure of it you see it is so very important i want so very much to be there by one o'clock and i want you to i wonder if you really knew knew what nothing i wish you would please but you just did look at your watch didn't you they rattled on down that road that was so sandy so uninteresting so lonely with only a garage advertisement here and there to suggest the world outside suddenly the driver ventured a word over his shoulder don't worry lady he said we'll get there sure and even as he spoke the car gave a roar of rage and came to a dead stop oh dear what is it now cried the girl acts like the train commented minot the driver got out and surveyed the car without enthusiasm i wonder what she's up to now he remarked fifteen years i drove horses which are supposed to have brains but this machine can think of things to do to me that the meanest horse never could you promise, driver pleaded the girl we must reach san marco on time mr your watch twenty-five past twelve smiled minot the native descended to the dust and slid under the car in a moment he emerged triumphant all okay he announced don't you worry lady it's san marco or bust if only something doesn't bust minot said again they were plowing through the sand the girl sat anxiously on the edge of the seat her cheeks flaming her eyes alight minot watched her and suddenly all the happy sad little memories melted into a golden glow the glow of being alive on this lonesome road with her then suddenly he knew this was the one girl the girl of all the world the girl he should love while the memory of her lasted which would be until the eyes that looked upon her now were dust a great exultation swept through him what do you mean he asked when you said you were always doing things like this i meant she answered that i'm a silly little fool oh if you could know me well and her eyes seemed to question the future you'd see for yourself never looking ahead to calculate the consequences it's the old story of fools rushing in you mean of angels rushing in don't you i never was good at old saws but-and once more please watch twenty minutes of one oh dear can we a wild whoop from the driver interrupted san marco he cried pointing to where red towers rose above the green of the country it paid to take a chance with me i sure did let her out where do you want to go lady the hotel de la Paz," said the girl and with a sigh of deep relief sank back upon the cushions and salvatore won quoted mr minot with a laugh how can i ever thank you the girl asked don't try said minot that is i mean try if you will please it meant so very much to me no you'd better not after all it makes me feel guilty for i did nothing that doesn't come under the head of glorious privilege a chance to serve you why i'd travel to the ends of the earth for that but it was good of you you can hardly realize all it meant to me to reach this hotel by one o'clock perhaps i ought to tell you it doesn't matter minot replied that you have reached here is my reward his cheeks burned his heart sang here was the one girl and he built castles in spain with lightning strokes she should be his she must be "'before him life-stretched, glorious, with her at his side. "'I think I will tell you,' the girl was saying, "'this is to be the most important luncheon of my life, because—' "'Yes?' smiled Mr. Minot. "'Because it is the one at which I am going to announce my engagement.' "'Minot's heart stopped beating. "'A hundred castles in Spain came tumbling about his ears, "'and the roar of their falling— deafened him he put out his hand blindly to open the door for he realized that the car had come to a stop let me help you please he said dully and even as he spoke a horrible possibility swept into his heart and overwhelmed him i-i beg your pardon he stammered but would you mind telling me one thing of course not but i really must fly the name of the happy man why allan lord harrowby thank you so much and good-bye she was gone now gone amid the palms of that gorgeous hotel courtyard and out of the roar that enveloped him minot heard a voice thirty-five dollars mister so promptly did he pay this grievous overcharge that the chauffeur asked hopefully now could i take you anywhere sir yes said minot bitterly Take me back to New York. Well, if I had a new front tire, I might try it. Two eager black boys were moving inside with Minot's bags, and he followed, as he passed the fountain tinkling gaily in the courtyard. What was it, I promised, Thacker? He said to himself, Miss Cynthia Merrick changes her mind only over my dead body. Ah, well, the good die young. End of chapter three.